Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Have you heard the Lord speak to you lately? No, I mean, have you heard the Lord speak to you lately? You know, many people think that is a foreign, weird... In in fact, a lot of churchgoers think that this is foreign and weird that God would speak, especially to them. Oh, He may speak to others in special places of leadership, but God speak to me? Are you listening to me? How many of you today know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Okay? Then you are not only capable, but you should be hearing the voice of the Lord. A father loves to talk to his children. And if I'm not hearing the voice of the Lord... Something is not right with me. It's not the Father's fault. It is an adjustment in my own ability and desire. I said my own desire and ability to hear the voice of the Lord. There are those who think that the voice of the Lord shut up 2,000 years ago. That he's not saying anything else after the Lord Jesus and his ascension, after the coming of the Holy Spirit and the writing of Holy Scripture. And don't make any mistake about it. This Bible, this Word of God, is God's full, final declaration of what he's thinking. This Word of God is breathed by the Spirit of God. And if you don't believe that the Bible is the Word of God, you won't be comfortable here. That is sure and steadfast. This is God's written Word. It is a testament. It is a will put to paper that God has given to us as His children. But did God stop speaking with the conclusion of the canon of Scripture? The answer to that is absolutely not. Does God speak today? We all know that there's great general revelation. The earth is the Lord's and the heavens declare His handiwork. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. We know that You look in nature and you see massive revelation that God Almighty, the creator of all things, and He speaks through His creation. But I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, and I want you to see that revelation, contrary to what some people call cessationist believe, 
those who believe that after the Bible, certain things, certain gifts cease and the Spirit doesn't say much anymore. That is, God is finished speaking. That is not accurate. I want you to see that revelation is progressive, not regressive. Revelation is not getting less, it is growing more. We see in Hebrews 1, beginning with verse 1, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, watch this now, verse 3, and the express image of his person is upholding all things by the word of his power. The express image of his person. You know what that's saying? In times past, God spoke through vehicles like prophets. He spoke through people like Moses, Jeremiah, others. In these last days, has spoken to us through His Son, who is the express image of His person. You know what that means? God wanted to show us exactly what He was like, and so He came Himself through the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. So that the word is saying here is, when you see Jesus, you see exactly what God is like. So did Jesus go around beating people up that didn't agree with Him? Yes or no? Did He go around shaming people? Did He go around casting stones and being self-righteous? Yes or no? God is exactly like Jesus. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus is the exact representation of what... Listen, some of you in your own mind are scared of God. And that is a trick from the evil one because it's based on something that is full of lies. God is just like Jesus. And Jesus was so in love with you that he would be brutally murdered just to remove all the distance between you and him. God is just like Jesus. So Jesus is the ultimate revelation. Let's turn, to, turn back to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, please. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. Beginning in verse 1. What does it say, Emmanuel? What does John 1, 1 say? What does verse 14 say, Romeo? The Word became what? And who was 
the fleshing out of the spoken Word of God. Does everybody see it that the ultimate revelation of what God's like is Jesus Christ? But Steve, did he quit speaking after Jesus left? Now turn to the book of John with me, if you will. Let's go to John chapter 14. We're going to see what Jesus said about whether or not God would speak anymore. In John 14, remember Jesus is preparing the disciples to understand that He is going to leave them and go be with the Father. But He was going to send to them the Helper, the Holy Spirit. Verse 25, chapter 14 of John. Verse 26. What does it say, Tommy? He will what all things? Teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is going to, say it with me, teach me. Well, let, 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 let's go on. He's going to bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled nor let it be afraid. Wow. Let's go over to chapter 15. Verse 26. Chapter 15. Verse 26. What does it say, Joe? But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, He will what of me? To testify, don't you have to say something? Yes or no? So Jesus is saying, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and He will teach you. He will testify. He will speak to you. Go on down just a little bit. <laughs> Go over to chapter 16. Verse 7 and 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the Helper, who's the Helper? Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send Him to you. And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin because they don't believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I have many things to say to you still, but you cannot bear them right now. However, verse 13, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will what? He will what? The Holy Spirit will speak and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and He will what? Declare it to you. 
Does everybody see that Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit comes to indwell you, He will not go mute. He he is a speaking God. God has not stopped speaking. Pastor, what does His voice sound like? Well, Jesus said, He's going to take what is mine and do what? Tell it to you. Okay, so what would the voice, what what would the voice of Jesus sound like? That the Holy Spirit would speak to you. Let's go to John 10. How would I know what the voice of the Lord would sound like? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way is a thief and a robber. But he who enters the door. What does Revelation say? Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the what? And what? And if any man hears my, I will come in to him, yes or no? Okay. So do you think that the heart of Jesus changed when He came in to live inside of you? Anybody got a clue? Yes or no? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes or no? To Him the doorkeeper opens. Have you opened the door? The sheep hear His voice. He calls His own sheep by name and He leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. Do you know the voice of God? Do you hear consistently the voice of the Lord Jesus, your shepherd, your Lord, on the inside of you? Do you know it? It it takes investment to receive return. Dean and I have been married 41 years next month, and I can tell you that whenever she calls, we talk to each other. If we're not around each other, we probably talk to each other 10 times a day. She calls me. When I hear her voice, I recognize it immediately. Why? It's the most familiar voice in my life. What I'm trying to tell you is, 41 years ago, it wasn't that way. You learn to hear the familiar voice. And to get familiar with the voice of the Lord, it takes investment. It takes listening. Listen, there is no question whatsoever that the voice of the Lord always speaks through this written document, the Holy Bible. This is God's forever written 
word. But how many of you know that when you are wondering, okay, should I sell my house? Should I change jobs? Should I make this investment? Should I hire this person? You're not going to find it written down in here. You better listen to the voice of the Lord. And it takes investment. What I'm trying to tell you is stop allowing somebody else to always be the voice of the Lord for you and learn to hear the voice of the Lord for yourself. It's a familiar voice. The voice of the Lord is affirming. The voice of the Lord is sometimes, in my case, correcting. I bet it is with you too. How many of you know there's a difference between correction and punishment? There's a corrective voice and there's a punitive voice. The punitive voice is the voice of the devil because he tells you that God don't care anything for you. You've messed up and God, he's mad at you. That's the voice of the evil one. It's a punitive voice because the punishment for your sin was taken at the cross of Jesus Christ. The Word says that we are corrected by the Lord. What does that mean? A punitive voice is the one who wants to inflict pain because of actions a corrective voice is a voice that wants to correct that which is leading to destruction so you'll get back. It is always a loving voice. Now, it may not feel like it initially, but the motives of a corrective voice is protection. Motive. The voice of the Lord is affirming. It is correcting. It is a familiar voice because the voice of a stranger, the word says, you will not hear. Do you know, also here, there are some people who God places in your life who are assistant shepherds. There's not but one chief shepherd and everybody knows who that is, the Lord Jesus himself. That's it. Amen? But how many of you know that some of us are called as uh, servants, as assistants, and as vehicles through which you consistently hear the Word of God spoken? It is not infallible. Sometimes I do and say things that are just not accurate or right. But how many of you know that the Lord Jesus has chosen shepherds by his own choice. And sometimes when you consistently listen to the voice of a shepherd, sometimes you will hear the voice of that shepherd in your own inner man. I have people tell me all the time, I hear your voice on the inside all the time. And when I investigate it farther, I find out that there are people who have been under our ministry for a long time and most of them have spent hours listening to recorded messages, CDs, tapes. And when they sometimes go and ask the Lord about something, 
the Lord will not, he, he is not, he's taking, remember what we just read? Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take what I said and disclose it, remind you of it. All people like Joe and Sharon and I am and Emmanuel Marsh, all we are, and Pastor Brown and Pastor Romy, all we are are vehicles. We're not the voice. But sometimes the familiar voice, the vehicle, you will actually sometimes hear. Do you know that I can hear the voice of my pastor? I can hear it on the inside of me. No, I don't pray to him or seek it. I just sometimes hear the word of God in his own voice. Just because it's familiar. I trust. Does that make sense to you? No. Three of you. If Jesus is the chief shepherd and you hear his voice, how many of you know sometimes you hear it through another vehicle? Okay, well, I feel better. That's all I'm trying to say. All right? Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to... Now remember, the Holy Spirit's voice speaks through internally in your inner man because he lives in your spirit man. The Bible calls it your heart and your spirit. Same thing. The Holy Spirit sometimes speaks through what we would call impressions. Sometimes when you ask the Lord, Lord, should I do this? Sometimes there is just all lights are green. You just have a peace about it. There's nothing troubling you about it. And, uh, you know, you, you have a kind of an inner uh, peace that that's the way you should go. So sometimes the voice of the Lord is that voice that gives you peace. Sometimes, I had this happen in the last few days. I was asking the Lord about something, and I had a real check in my spirit. You know what the word check means? Uh, something. I had made a decision, and after I did it, boy, I just felt like uh, not good. Not, not the right thing. So then I had to go and do things. Y'all ever had to do that? It's humbling, isn't it? <laughs> it's better to undo it than it is to let it go, okay? A, a, a restraint. Just in your inner man, it's just a restraint. Don't ignore it and don't try to run it over. Don't let that little check in your inner man, don't try to run it over with your own reasoning. Well, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. It's the right thing to do. I'm going to do it anyway. Don't ignore that internal check that won't go away. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks that way. I read in Acts 15, verses 25 through 28, that Paul and the other disciples, uh, they, they were trying to make a decision about their ministry. And, and here's what it says there. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? We were praying and asking God's counsel, and it just seemed like the right thing to do. We, it, there was a peace that settled in our inner man about it. 
Colossians 3 says that we are to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. When you are about to pull the trigger on a decision, do you have peace that remains or are you up and down about it? Do you have an inner knowing and a peace? Or is it flighty? The voice of the Lord is a voice of peace. It can also be a voice of restraint. Acts 16.7 says that Paul and his cohorts wanted to go a certain place. And the word says, and the Spirit did not permit us. Wow. Spirit did not permit us. What does that mean? He restrained them. There was that check. No, not the best. Can the voice of the Lord be spoken through other people? Well, the answer to that is yes. There, there are some caveats to that, but what do you mean? Is it possible for, to, for us to mishear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Yes or no? How many of you have ever misheard the voice of the Lord? Let me raise both of my hands. So it is possible to mishear what you think the Spirit of God is telling you, yes or no? Is the problem with the voice of the Lord or with our ability to hear? Not with the voice of the Lord. It's always our ability to hear. And sometimes, if you're like me, it's sometimes my willingness to hear. (laughs) What was it you were telling me the other day that you studied? This one thing I like about this church. We can do this. But you were studying about Moses. God told him something. In Exodus um, chapter 3, um, God showed up directly to Moses. And Moses heard the audible voice of God telling him to go back to Egypt. And... Uh, Tell Pharaoh, let his people go. But uh, before Moses went back to Egypt, even though he heard directly from God, he went to his father-in-law Jethro and asked him for permission before going back. So he thought he heard God, and he did. But he went and got the blessing of his covering. Wow. What do you think Jethro would have said? I don't have, I don't think you should do that. What do you think he would have done? He would have gone back and asked the Lord for confirmation, wouldn't he? There have been times in my life when I thought I was doing what God wanted me to do. But when I got, when I got it out in the open with my covering, it became apparent that perhaps I had, was moving too quickly, prematurely. 
because all of us, all of us can miss here. You need a network, a small but sound and solid network of at least two or three people that you trust. When there is a major deal going on that you can say, would you pray with this about with me? And if you have any impressions from the Lord, or if you have any wisdom just right now, I wish you would let me know. God doesn't raise lone rangers, folks. We're not supposed to walk through this by ourselves. There have been times in my life I would have made catastrophic mistakes had I not listened to that trusted counsel. Pastor, what happens when the trusted counsel disagrees what you know beyond any shot of a doubt you think you've heard God say? Go back and ask the Lord for further light. Just back off and ask the Lord for further light. And if it's truly of Him, ask Him to change their heart and their mind. But don't you ever get to an age where you're not supposed to do that? Not as long as you got a breath in your body. You're not supposed to do this by yourself. Give God a chance to change you and those who are your covering. Those who, what's your covering? Those who are highly invested in your success and cry out to God, who intercede for you, who have been placed in your life strategically by the Lord. He didn't give you somebody else in your life as your covering. He's put, do you realize that before Dean and I ever came down here with this fellowship, we told our covering what we felt like God was telling us and waited for the blessing and the laying on of hands and the encouragement to do it. Pastor, you're 65 years old. Why would you need that? Because I have this on still. I can make mistakes, can't you? Besides that, if I'm really seeking God, I can trust Him to turn the hearts and minds of those whom He has placed over me in the Lord. Amen. And besides that, I will tell you this, there were times when those who were over me in the Lord did not release me to do something that I thought that it was time for me to do. And I see now, had I gotten out from that, I would have prematurely... How many of you know that if you get ahead of God, you don't have the anointing of God? The anointing is that supernatural 
advantage that you're going to need to carry out the supernatural assignment. Well, here's the problem with other people in general. Not your specific covering, but here's the problem with other people in general. Turn to the back of your outline with me, please. I have not found anything that says it any better than our devotional back on Saturday 26th. And I have to admit, Dina is the one who pointed this out to me. When I read it, it just resonated and connected. That not, should, shouldn't be Gore's voice up there ahead of it. It should be seven things when knowing God's voice. I, I missed that, sorry. Number one. Hearing from God before you entertain the ideas of others. Anybody ever come to you with a great idea? Y'all should, y'all should, no, <laughs> you don't want to know all the ideas people have come to me with. You know why? Because they think that I will use my spiritual influence to help them get their idea off the ground. Ain't going to happen. We don't do that. Ideas of others are so excited about it. And a lot of times, you need to hear from God before you hear other people's ideas because I love this, the way it's spoken. Their ideas are not His commands. What happens is if I hear somebody else's idea and I commit myself to it, then I have bound myself up by promises I can't keep. Sometimes, I want to help somebody so badly that when they tell me what their idea is, I jump in there and want to help them, and then I end up being bound by a promise that I can't keep. And boy, is that frustrating. God wants us to love others, but only be led by His Spirit. Second, hearing from God before you listen to the complaints of others. Oh, oh boy, this is a big one for me. Why? Because you are not responsible for their happiness. Anybody else besides me have a problem with that one? I'm a shepherd. I like to help people. When people are struggling, I want to just invite them in. I'll help you. Oh, boy. What I have found is that my need to fix other people in order to feel good about myself is called codependency. Everybody see that? When I get my value from being able to fix others or make them feel better or make them happy, now I've got a problem. All right, let's, let's have an honest confession time. I've been up here confessing all kind of things to you. How many of you would say to me, Pastor, to some degree in my life, I see myself as having an issue with codependence because I get a lot of my joy, a lot of my value out of being able to fix somebody else. That's a pretty good crew of us, isn't it? We need to pray for each other, don't we? Those who didn't raise your hand, you're either amazingly... Uh, 
strong or you don't have children and grandchildren. All right, let's go to number three. Hearing from God before you consider the needs of others. Their needs are usually driving them and only the plan of God should be leading you. Boy, is that a tough one. How many of you know need is a black hole? It doesn't ever go away. Y'all have no idea how many people call this church wanting to know. I mean, from out there, not members of this congregation, but from way out there, just going down the phone book. Going down the phone book. Wanting us to fix something. Out of the yellow pages. How many of you know that God didn't call you to meet all the needs? Only those He has assigned you to. Verse 4. Hearing from God before, I mean number 4, before you respond to the request of others. How many of you know that usually if you are willing to do something one time, you will be on the top of the list of being asked again. Check the soil before you sow your seed. You know what I'm saying? Are you listening? Before you invest your time and prayers and efforts and money, don't just throw the seed at a need. Invest the seed where there's good ground. Hear from God before you share your dream with others. Because it's not enough just to have a dream. You must have a team. Wow. Has God given you a business? Has He given you a ministry? Has He given you a family? What, what has God given you? It is inconceivable to me that God wouldn't have already chosen those who He desires to team up with you to do what He has assigned you to do. Because it's all going to be for His glory anyway. God has already chosen the customers and the clients and the ministry partners that He wants you to have. Seek Him first and foremost. And ask Him to develop the team that He wants to assist you in the assignment He's given you. Hear from God before you seek the approval of others. Their approval is a trap. They'll flatter and manipulate you. God's voice will keep you from falling into that trap. And hear from God before you make significant changes. Boy, this is a huge one right here. It is not your job to decide what God wants you to do. It is only your job to discover it and do it. Everybody understand the difference between deciding and discovering? It is not your job or mine to decide, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. You will wrestle yourself to the ground and wear yourself out. It is for you to discover what God wants you to do and sometimes you have to learn to trust not only His voice, but His silence. His voice increases your faith. His silence will increase your trust. And you need both of those to be the, the mature, fruit-bearing believer He wants you to be. I, 
It's like the Lord told me one time when I was seeking and so frustrated, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, God didn't expect the sheep to figure it out. He expects the sheep to follow the shepherd. Wait until you see the leadership of the shepherd. Well, we'll pick this up again next week. Let's all stand. Would you say this with me, Mighty Father? Thank you that you love me enough to speak to me. I can and I will learn to hear your voice by your Spirit. Show me those areas of my thinking, of my speaking, that have closed the door to hearing your voice. Show me where my own reason has stopped me from hearing your voice. I believe that your voice is the only voice that is always 100% wise and pure and strong and full of love and compassion. How many of you would say to the Lord today, Lord, I want to learn to hear your voice. I see from your word today that you're a speaking God, that your very presence is in me by the Holy Spirit. And help me not to be so ashamed or so afraid that I will mishear that I don't do anything. All of us know that car wrecks happen. But shame on you if you allow that to keep you from driving again. Do not allow the devil to deceive you into not listening to the Lord because you're afraid, oh, you may miss it. Let me tell you something. The most exciting adventure of life is life in the Holy Spirit, learning to listen to and be guided by the Spirit of God. He knows how to succeed in your business. He knows every decision that you should make. Holy Spirit, rise up on the inside of all your children. And may we decide that we want to listen to the voice of our Father. Above all voices, trusting you, believing you, thanking you for your counsel, your comfort, your encouragement. holy and mighty name of Jesus and all the people said you can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com